This is the Life in the Cape League podcast, the Cape League Life podcast, the Cape Life podcast, whatever you want to call it, as long as it has Cape Life League in it. I'm Bobby Manning. Will the rain ever stop? Welcome to Life in the Cape League podcast, and that is just part of life in the Cape Cod Baseball League. This is our Cape Life podcast. I'm Bobby Manning, and every week here we follow the Katuit Kettleers as their summer rolls on, and it's been up and down for this team. As we record this, 6-6-2, six, six, second in the West Division, and lots of coming and going. If you notice, multiple NC State players have joined the team within this past week. A Duke player. All of a sudden, it's that time of the year in the Cape Cod League where temporary players who are holding that roster spot have to make a move to a different team, to a different league. There is lots of uncertainty for the temporary players who make up the Cape Cod Baseball League as others play in the tournament. We talked to two local temporary players today. This initially started with a curiosity of mine. Cody Pasek, the catcher behind Colton Kessler, who we heard from on an earlier podcast, is from Katuit. So my curiosity struck me. Does this guy play every year? Did he grow up watching this team? And did a little digging and found out this guy was on SportsCenter's Top 10 playing up in Maine. So number 10, Cody Pasek, is our first guest here on Episode 3 of the Cape Life Podcast. Hi, welcome back to the Cape Life League Podcast. Life in the Cape League. I'm still trying to get tabs on the name. I just started. And we're here with Cody uh, Pasek. Yep. Cody Pasek. All right, I got on the first try. Perfect. Catcher on this team and a Katuit resident. So... You've been around this team for a long time? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been coming to these games ever since I was, you know, five, six years old. So, yeah, I've always been around this park. You doing the clinics? I hear a lot of people talking about the clinics. Uh, yeah, I did used to, um, when I was in eighth grade, I used to bullpen catch here, so I would do the clinics as well. And, you know, it's a good time for the little kids, teach them how to play. So you got to bullpen and catch that young, huh? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It really got me, uh, you know, prepared for college and, you know, what I'm doing now. So, do you remember any of the uh, players that stuck out to you when you were growing up here? Uh, Chris Ellis, um, Pat Corbin. So some of the people, I'm sure they're down here summertime. You know, they're here for the good times. <laughs> yep. Warm weather. Mm-hmm. What's it like? You know, being here year round, winter time especially. Oh, miserable. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I have to. Go sledding for fun. So not a lot of fun, not stuff to do. Yeah, it gets here. quiet down here. It gets I'd real quiet. Go <laughs> so go from thirty thousand to a million real quick. So you ended up going to Maine to get away from it that time of year. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> went up to Maine. Uh, it's still so cold there, but yeah, it's fun. And uh, you playing for Maine? You were on uh, Sports Center's top ten list once. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I caught that play. Do you remember that play? Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, definitely one. Definitely a day I'll never forget. Um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully, can create better memories here. When you saw that you were on that, did you hear about it or did you uh, watch actually, it live? Actually, my friends were all sending me, and they're like, "You're on Sports Center, you're on Sports Center," and I was like, "Yeah, whatever." Like, I doubt it. And then, then I turned on the TV, and it was like on Sports Center, pretty funny. And uh, I saw it, and I was like, "Oh my god, like, this is crazy!" You know, every so, kid's dream. 
So you grew up around the team. What actually led you to playing for the team? When did you first start playing for the team here? Uh, this is my first year. Um, I've always been in contact with Coach Roberts. I've always wanted to play here, and you know, we decided this was the year I'd ready to come out and play. So, I mean, I'm still on a temp contract here, and you know, hopefully we can turn that into a full sooner or later. But. What's it like being on that time contract? I actually wanted to talk a little bit about, um, you know, the experience of guys coming and going here. Uh, I mean, you know, it's kind of kill or be killed. Um, you know, you can come in here a week and be gone, or you can stay for a month. So, you know, everyone's fighting for another day out here. And, you know, I'm lucky enough to be here. How do you feel it's going so far? Pretty good. I mean, hitting the ball pretty well. I'm catching pretty well. So if I can just keep putting both of those together, then, you know, hopefully I can stick around. With the guys who are coming from as far as like Arizona, the West Coast, have you uh, tried to integrate everybody with the area a little bit as you bonded as a team? Yeah, I mean, there's there? always a bunch of the guys. Always, you know, what do you do for fun around here? And I'm always just saying, you know, go to the beach or there's a mall or, you know, wiffle ball. You know, that's how I was when I grew up. So that's what I like to do. Where can I get some good food tonight? Uh, I'm I'm going to be going over to Mashpee Commons with Bobby Burns. That's where I'm going to go tonight. But, All right. Um, I don't know. Might see you there. I'll be uh, on the takeout, though. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Thanks, man. All right, appreciate, appreciate it. it. Since we last spoke to you, the rain has just been pouring out of the sky over the Cape, whether in Lowell Park or other locations. Since those last pair of Yarmouth-Dennis losses that last Sunday we spoke to you, we had a rain out at Chatham, followed by a 6 nothing loss against Wareham. The Cavaliers just got jumped on early in that game, and... It was over from the very early innings. First three innings, they got jumped on 6 nothing, and nothing much happened from there. Bookend by a Thursday rainout. Born, forget about it. That field was underwater. So two rainouts in three days. Back to Lowell Park. Hyannis scheduled to come in. Rainout again. So three rainouts in four days for the Cavaliers last week. As such, not a whole lot to talk about. New players coming in. Guys getting to know the team. And, again, another local player in Chris Holcomb has been pitching quite a bit to start the year for the Cavaliers. Has some nautical tattoos on his arm. An octopus with one of those helmets on. Lighthouse. Again, this guy, Marston Mills, just outside of Katuit. Two local guys on this team. And a guy who was running around at one of the Cavaliers' camps. We'll talk about the clinics that this team runs and how those could inspire future Cavaliers. but Holcomb was once one of those Cavaliers. He's getting ready to head down to Tulane at New Orleans this upcoming season, and he's preparing for that by being one of the most consistent inning eaters early on in Mike Roberts' rotation. So let's talk to Chris Holcomb. Cape Life League podcast. I'm getting the name down. Life in the Cape League here with the Couture Cavaliers, and we're talking to some of the local guys this week. And we have with us Chris Holcomb. You've seen him starting a few times, leaving in a few games. Got uh, some of the best hair on the team, too, I'll say. Thank you. I really appreciate that. <laughs> Would you consider that yourself? Uh, you know, I take pride in my hair, but uh, it's definitely one of my better features for sure. That's something you need if you're going to be on a baseball field. And so you've been around this field pretty often in your life, I'd imagine, growing up on the Cape here. Yeah. I know um, Cody's from actually in Katua. What city are you from? I'm from Marsons Mills. And that's so right nearby. Backyard, yeah. Um, so I grew up coming to this field, practicing on this field. In the off season, I come and throw here. So being able to wear the uniform and uh, come out here and actually play, it's a dream come true. Was that one of the things that inspired you to play baseball growing up? 
Um, you know, I was a football kid growing up. Um, Barnesville High School was a big football powerhouse when I was a kid and um, picked up a baseball one day and had some success. And I mean, I love to win. So um, I just love the, the way the sport's played and uh, just grown to love it more and more every day for sure. So when did you start playing? Um, I, start, I started a little late. I was nine years old. I played a little bit of t-ball when I was real young, but nine was when I got serious about it, Little League and stuff like that. So you're a big football guy. What, what led you to make that switch to focus and become that baseball guy where you started late? I mean, if you look at me, I'm baseball built. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm a tall, lanky guy and uh, left-handed, so I kind of got blessed with the right body type and good arm, so I love it. Did you, uh, Barnstable High, I know they play here now, but did you get to play on this field back then when you were playing? Nope, uh, they're redoing the field there now. So we played there uh, two, two springs ago. The field was still good, so we were playing there. But yeah, they got to play here and it's awesome. So where are you playing college ball now? Uh, Tulane University. Tulane, yeah. And you, uh, you bounced around a little bit when you were coming out of high school. What was the first spot you ended up? Uh, you went to University of Alabama for the fall of my freshman year. Mm -hmm. And then I transferred out to a junior college in Florida. Uh, really respected place and uh, got developed there and loved it there and got to play some good competition. So it brought you so far away from home, just the opportunities? Uh, yeah, you know, as much as I love Cape Cod, it's, it's a big, <laughs> I love it in the summer a lot more than the winter. So it's fun to throw a baseball in February when it's 75 out. Yeah. You know, you don't get that here. Well, I was saying a lot of the people who listen to this are probably just, you know, summer people coming down the area this time of year. I asked Cody, what's it like during the winter seasons around here? You know, there's not much to do. Uh, I mean, it's just as beautiful, you know, like snow and you get to go to the beaches when no one's really there. So, I mean, it's beautiful, but... Some people say it's underrated. Yeah, it is. It's just a lot of restaurants closed down and stuff like that. So it becomes sort of a ghost town, but I still love my home. So you're going to be starting at Tulane this upcoming season. Yep. Um, what, what led you toward that opportunity after the junior college thing? Um, you know, it's just like an unbelievable degree there. Um, it really kind of changed my perspective on like academics as I got older. Um, that's why I'm happy I went JUCO because I kind of realized how uh, the world is once you leave high school. And yeah. um, academics have gone, become a bigger part of my life now. And, um, it's a really historic baseball program too and the coaches everything just kind of fell into place mm -hmm. yeah. Have you gotten to go down to New Orleans yet? Yes, I did. I was, <laughs> I was there for a weekend. It's it was, something isn't it? Yeah, it's a good time You know Tulane's kind of like Boston College to Boston. It's 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 a little bit outside the city But whenever you want to go in you can Was it a culture shock at all? <laughs> I mean, I've been in the South for two years now So yeah. I mean you kind of got to adapt with every place you go down there New Orleans isn't a little bit different, though. <laughs> yeah, New Orleans, I mean, it's pretty, and it's, it's got its unique features, for sure. So you're hoping Tulane's going to be that final landing spot now? Yes, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll be there and um, right now, and that's where I plan to be the next two years, for sure. So uh, what brought you to Katuit for this season? Um, I mean, I grew up watching this team. I grew up going to the camps. Um, I live five minutes away, like three miles. So are those a big deal for people who grow up around here. Yeah, it's it's a huge deal. You know, I was that kid running around. You see that all the kids. You know, so I mean, I have a little empathy for them because I was that kid. Yeah. Yeah. So what's that process like? Actually, you know, joining the team. Do they reach out to you? Is there something you came to them to talk um, about? I feel like. For me, it was a little bit different because I am. I have known Coach Roberts for a, a while, so I mean, he contacted me 
Um, and we had a good conversation and ended up coming here and he's giving me a shot to play and I'm happy for sure. All right, and your tattoos here, what do you, what do you got here? Uh, it kind of reminds me of home, you know, I'm a, I'm a little far away, so I got the lighthouse and some nautical things, you know. I do love it here. You got a lot of pride in the Cape. Yeah. All right, and we'll be looking out for you, Cody, all the local guys all season on much. the mound and behind the plate. I have to take a break from our theme of the week to acknowledge what Nick Gonzalez is doing, the second baseman for this team. Led the country in average last year with New Mexico State, so it should come as no surprise that even though one of the scouts said that wind going out there in New Mexico influenced a little bit of those stats, he got off to a slow start with the Cataliers and senses. 341, 44 at-bats, most on the team, two home runs, 10 RBI, 10 walks to just six strikeouts, 15 hits and 44 at-bats. He's been incredible. Four doubles and a triple, and as we speak, started today off with a home run, so make it three. You have to go to Lowell Park to see Nick Gonzalez at the very least, because it doesn't look like he's going to be someone who's going to be back in this league next year if he continues to hit the way he does. We'll get him on this program as well to see how he's done it so far, and what set him up for the success. A big one came last weekend against Brewster, doubleheader Sunday. 5-2 win in the first game, 6-2 win in the second game. That set up the Cavaliers at 6-5-1. and one. That put them in first for the moment. Not in their hands right now. But the home runs were flying out in that game, and that has got the Cavaliers' offense back on pace with the league. Pitching is what's going to have to catch up over these next coming weeks if they want to claim the division. But home runs for Adam Aviedo. Casey Schmidt had his first. Gonzalez rocked one out to left field. And it was another strong day for closer Kyle Nicholas as the Cavaliers rounded out that week. And into this week, we are seeing new players pour into this team as they do every year. We talk about some of the adjustments of guys who are coming in from that NCAA tournament to this team late. Christian Robinson got his... Season underway with the Cavaliers in a 6-2 win against Brewster in the second half. He had an interesting moment in that game where it looked like it was a called third strike as he swung through a pitch that landed in the glove. As you know, that's strike three. But did he catch it? He complained. Big conversation between the umps. And that was some of his first taste of action out of Stanford University. We caught up with Robinson to see what it's like to join this team at midseason, especially when the rain is canceling game after game. Cape Life League podcast, Life in the Cape League. We're here with Christian Robinson playing his first game with Katuit. Yep. How do you feel? How do you like it? How do you feel out there today? Um, it's nice. It seems like a nice environment out here. Um, it's great to get in the game, and I'm looking forward to hopefully playing more. So what we're focused on this episode is kind of the shuffling around of this league, guys coming and going all the time. When did you arrive here in Katuit? So I got in Tuesday of last week. Why are we getting here late? Um, so my team was playing in the Super Regionals, mm-hmm. so we didn't get done until um, later on in the year. With Stanford, but, right? Yeah. And also, we uh, do a quarter system, so I wasn't done with school either. Mm-hmm. Getting here late, getting in with the team after they've been playing a couple weeks right now, what's that like? 
Um, honestly, it's pretty easy. The guys are really nice. Um, it's been real easy to kind of come in and feel like part of the team. So how do you feel like they integrated you for this first game? Uh, I think they did a really good job. I mean, I've been here since Tuesday, and fortunately I've had some practices to kind of get going with the team almost a week now. So it's been pretty easy. They've made it pretty easy on me. Do you know any of the guys coming in, or are you just getting to know everybody? Yeah, actually, uh, there's some guys that play in my conference, and then... Actually, Araj, I played with uh, in Florida when we played travel ball in high school. So you say so, you got here Tuesday. Where'd you come from? I came from Florida. I actually drove up. Drove all the way from Florida, huh? Yeah. How many hours? Uh, 22. Any sleep at all? <laughs> or did uh, you well, do it straight? Luckily, I had my brother, so we kind of took shifts. So it wasn't too bad. So some of the at-bats today, you ended up drawing a walk after a long, long at-bat, scoring a run in uh, the second game today. It looked like you struck out at first, and then coach comes out and argues there's some words, and then you ended up drawing the walk after. Yeah, um, I mean, that ball was pretty down, so I had a pretty good feeling he hadn't caught it. Um, you knew? Yeah, actually, I was asking him while they were talking about it. He's like, no, I didn't catch it. So I think he was kind of trying to see if he could sell one. So have you gone in with a family, anything like that? You got the whole setup ready? Yeah, yeah, I got the whole setup going on. I uh, came with my, the Russells on uh, Tuesday night, and they've been great. They own a cafe here. Uh, I think the Pineapple Cafe. Nice. So it's been great. It's you been get any food setup. from there yet? Yeah, yeah. They let me come in for breakfast all the time, which is just great. You a healthy eater? Or you, you you like the pancakes and French toast? Uh, I try to stay pretty healthy. I want to get some eggs and uh, some fruit, but a couple nights ago they got me to get some ice cream, which was pretty good. You ever been to the Cape before? No, this is my first time. What are you thinking about it so far? It seems beautiful. It's uh, it's been a little rainy, but yeah. some days like today are awesome. Yeah, and how, how have you guys been spending those rainouts? You've had a few of them so far. Yeah, um, last, uh, last week, I think, two in a row. Yeah, we've kind of just been trying to lift, get to the field when we can, and try to sneak in some hitting. Then uh, I've just been spending time with the post family, getting to know them better. All right. Well, we'll talk to you more, get to know you better throughout the year as well. Appreciate it. Good talking. The same went for Matthew Mervis out of Duke University, who joined this team at that Yarmouth-Dennis doubleheader. Hasn't gotten a whole lot of opportunities with the three rainouts in the week that followed. His biggest adjustment came as actually a surprise to me, given that he's played a couple years of Summer League, but the MLB draft did not work in his favor, so he has joined Katuit at midseason as another option for this team in their lineup. We got to know Mervis a little bit this week as well as one of two newcomers to the team that continues to get them as this week entering the June-July turn of the calendar comes along. Cape Life Podcast, Life in the Cape League with Matthew Mervis of Duke University. Yeah, I'm a Syracuse guy myself, so I, I gotta ask you right off the bat, is that a rivalry? I don't think so. I think, I mean, there's no I was way, expecting that. No baseball team for Syracuse, at least not in baseball. I, think, I guess basketball you could call it a rivalry. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll knock them for that reason. That disappoints me as yeah. well. So you got here within the last week or two. Mm-hmm. And lots of coming and going in the Cape League, as I've heard. Coach Roberts can use like 75 guys. I don't know if that was an <laughs> yeah. exaggeration or not. What led to your late arrival here? Uh, well, we were playing in a Super Regional with Duke at school. So, um, you know, we were playing into early June. And then um, I'm a rising senior, so the draft didn't turn out the way I was hoping. And... Luckily, Coach Pollard at school was able to contact Coach Roberts and get me a contract up here. What's that process like, especially for a good baseball school like Duke? You guys are going to be playing late into the year every year. How do you think about I know you're not thinking ahead to the summer, but you know, do you make those plans on the fly for where you're going to end up? Some guys make their plans early. Um, 
maybe after their freshman year, um, you know, during the fall of their sophomore year. My situation was a little different because uh, the draft was a question mark, but you know, it was it was a decision that was quickly made after the season ended. All right, so getting in here, how's the adjustment been? What's it like coming into a team like this late? Um, it's getting to know the guys was easy. Everyone's friendly and um, you know personable, so that part wasn't too bad. I think the biggest adjustment has been the the switch to the wood bat. Um, you know, swinging with the metal bat all season, then getting thrown into the first game with the wood. Um, you gotta adjust on the fly. Is that the first time you ever made that switch? Uh, without batting practice, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've I've swung with wood bats the past couple summers, but um, getting up here right away and swinging with wood was a pretty quick adjustment. So, what was the first game you jumped into? Was it? It was at YD. Uh, I guess a week ago, Sunday. Yeah. So, how did it feel getting into this atmosphere and using that bat without the practice, like you said? It was all right. It's just another chance to compete. Um, you know, I've I've seen good pitching all year in the ACC in the postseason, so it was nothing different there. Um, just had to control the barrel a little better, a little heavier with the wood bat. So where do you arrive from? Where where do you uh, end up coming from? I know a lot of guys drive here from long distances. Yeah, I had a couple of days off at home, um, Potomac, Maryland, just outside of DC. And you came all the way up here by car. Yep, drove all the way up. How many hours? Uh, took about eight and a half, I think. My dad and I drove up, uh, hit a little traffic, but it wasn't too bad. All right, yeah, you're a little closer than one of the other guys yeah. coming up from, uh, you know, this guy's coming from what, West Coast, Arizona, yeah. that All type of thing. Yeah, so um, what was the gang integrated with the team practice-wise? Like, how did they start to get you into lineups and the field and all of those things. Coach Roberts sucked me in the lineup right away. Uh, I played third my first game at, at YD, and then we had practice, I think, the next the next morning. So, um, you know, plenty of opportunities to get to know everybody and meet the guys who play third base with me, and um, it, was, it was fun. And so you signed for the whole summer, right? You're yeah. going to be sticking around? I hope so, yeah. <laughs> all right, what's the living situation like? How do you find your home? Uh, I'm actually living, I was in Hyannis two summers ago with the Ellis family, and they actually switched over to Katuit this summer. So I'm back in a familiar home and nice family. All right, so you've changed their team. Yeah. You're arriving here, and we'll talk to you more throughout the season. Awesome. Speaking of coming and going, Holden Powell, pitcher out of UCLA, stopped by for just a few days with the Katuit Cavaliers before he went down to North Carolina to join Team USA and took a loss in their scrimmage between the interest squad there. That is actually not the shortest tenure that we've seen with Katuit, according to Coach Mike Roberts, and he's our extended guest on today's show. Did a long interview with him about the coming and going roster building of a Cape Cod League team. Lots and lots of complications there, especially when you get down to temporary players. Calling them out to be part of the roster and then having to let them go later. But in a case like Powell's, him coming, originally planning to be part of the team, him wanting to show up just to fulfill that promise he made, and then leaving right away, good to have those temporary guys around, like Holcomb, as we talked to earlier in the show. He'll probably be picking up some of the slack that Powell was supposed to be committing to the team here. And Roberts, if he can get him for a game, he said he's happy to have it. So we talked to him today about roster building, and all the complications that come with it in the Cape Cod League on episode three of the Cape Life podcast. We're back here with Coach Mike Roberts on the Cape Life League podcast, Life in the Cape League. 
I want to talk to you about roster building, which is certainly a challenge here as guys are coming and going from the college game and all that thing. A couple guys arriving late within the last week, right? Yes, roster building, probably one of the biggest challenges in my almost 50 years of college coaching in the Cape League um, that I've ever had here. To build a what you think is going to be a pretty good team, and then all of a sudden, boom, you lose a pitcher. And then all of a sudden, like we lost a catcher to USA. And it it's really challenging, and um, it's a lot of guesswork. And I think all of us coaches would like to think, okay, we got a roster, you know, we can teach them, build a team out of them. It just doesn't work that way in the Cape. And, uh, you know, I heard Holden Powell is only going to be here for a few days before he moves on. But I'm thankful he's here for a few days. I'm <laughs> yeah, thankful, you, hey. You made good you, use you, of him You'd be today. happy with the little things. <laughs> <laughs> is that the – what's the shortest you've ever had a guy for here? Oh, we've had guys for one day. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, you know, and you just never know. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it's um, it's different than anything uh, in our sport, capably building a roster. So you get your full-time guys. You expect to, you know, take you through the year. Temporary guys. How do you manage those? How many temporary guys do you have, and how do you manage those guys who are filling those spots before well, a lot come of times? Out? Well, you may start with thirty because uh, you don't know if any of your permanent guys are going to show up. Yeah. Because they could all be in the NCAA's. So I mean, you 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 just keep building your temp roster and keep building, and then. Then as you get into May, you know, you see maybe who's playing well, who's not playing well. Uh, and it's the same thing with your permanent roster. You may look at it and see somebody, you know, played a little bit early and didn't play any the last two-thirds. So if they're not going to play on their school team on a regular basis, they're not going to play in the Cape on a regular basis. So the coach may take them off at that point, for example, and, and say, I'm going to send him to a lesser league uh, to let him get some confidence. Uh, temporary guys, uh, I admire temporary players that come to this league in that status as much as anybody I ever have in the sport because it tells me they don't mind competing for a job. They realize that there's no guarantee. It can be one day, ten days, three weeks, the whole season. Um, I just admire anybody who comes up here temporary. Now, a lot of them want to play in the Cape League, period. They, you know, that's the reason they come. But again, there's no guarantee that if we were to release a temporary, does he have a place, a secondary place to go? Yeah. He may get left out the rest of the summer. That's the thing. I mean, I know Cody lives right down the street and can do it, but uh, a lot of these guys come from all over the place. Oh, that yeah. must make it tough to let them oh, go if they come across come the country. Oregon, you know, California, Arizona, Texas, yeah. But I'm grateful for the temps. I, I wish somehow we would push our league back. Uh, I'd like to see us play less games, push our league back, start later, so that more guys could get here on time to start the season, and then you wouldn't need as many temps. You would still need temps. But managing the roster, a lot of it is, is again, asking the temporary players to come. No guarantee, and, you know, they know that any day somebody could show up uh, and, you know, they lose their roster spot, but they handle it extremely well mm -hmm. uh, it is almost all the time a very mature group where they say yes sir i understood coming here you know that was my status 
And of course, we always try to send out to the other nine teams and see if they need a player. Like we had an outfielder that was at Brewster, went mm-hmm. there. Uh, pitcher uh, from Virginia Tech, pitched for Brewster today that was here on the 10th. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, we, we try to help them in that respect, but I'm um, the temporary players gained tremendous respect from Coach Roberts. Who are some of the other guys besides Cody who are playing temp this year? That are temporary players? Yeah, for you guys. Well, Aubrey Major, uh, up until today, has been a temporary player. and, mm-hmm. and Now he's full-time. He's, yeah, he's leading our team in hitting. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, who else? Holcomb um, from here. Uh, Chris is a temporary. Uh, uh, Brereson's a, uh, from Emory in Atlanta is a temporary. Farrell from Women Mary is a temporary. Um Duke Ellis is a temporary. Uh, I mean, we got a bunch still that are temporary. I, I don't know that I can remember all mm-hmm. of them, but we have quite a few. Beckways a temporary. Um, we probably still got maybe 12, 13 temporary players on the roster. Who's the toughest? What's the toughest player you ever had to let go? What was the toughest like guy to let go that you can oh remember? <laughs> maybe I think every one at that particular moment is yeah. the tough. Um, I don't know that I can remember. Well, how does that conversation go usually? I appreciate you being here and what you did to help our club. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, can I, you know, we, we need to make a roster change. And, you know, how would you like me to help you um, find another team, whether it be within the Cape or another league or, you know, do we want to call your coaches back home? and you know, collaborate with it. And I mean, that's, uh, again, it's, it's very difficult. I just, I despise making every single one of those. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what, what are some of the rules you have to play by too when you're building a roster? Cause I know some of these guys come as a package deal, like your Kentucky guys, Cam and uh, <laughs> Colton coming together from there, but there's limits to that, right? You know, you can't just have, can't have more than Kentucky. four from any one team. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting when you bring guys from the same team, you never know for sure just because guys are coming from the same team that they that they actually really like each other <laughs> you know for sure uh, most of them do but but we've had some situations where we didn't we found out after they got here whoop maybe we sh- shouldn't have done that or the coach <laughs> shouldn't have done that um it just didn't match well, huh? <laughs> yeah, it just didn't match out. And uh, we've even had situations, I think everybody in the Cape has, where we put them in the same house, and that didn't work either. <laughs> so, Was there a fight? <laughs> no, I've never been that, but just we hear grumblings yeah. <laughs> on that type thing. But overall, the way the league works, it works really well, and, and we're thankful for every athlete who comes in here. And you feel like you can build some chemistry through the year, even with yeah. people coming in. Oh, college. yeah. I work on leadership training the dugout. They probably don't like it, but I, <laughs> I talk about growing up and, and, and leadership, and that's what I do for a living part of the time is, is and, and being a college professor as well. It's, you know, I try to, you know, I try to, again, to get them to understand how to handle things well. Yeah. And, uh, and that's that's huge in regards to being successful both uh, at school and in life, uh, business, uh, you know, any of them that you know, go 
going to minor league and major league baseball. When the guys arrive late, like some of the NC State guys coming in and the Stanford guy today, is it tough to integrate them into it, or do they just jump right in and it's easy? Well, I think they jump right in, but I think, you know, you, you never know from the actual player, you know, how comfortable they are jumping in. Yeah. You know, at school, it's similar, you know, the first few weeks and when they get into practice and the, you know, the freshmen bind together and so forth, but they have a lot more time to do that at school where we've got to try to make sure that, you know, that it's very easy to have guys on one end of the dugout and guys on the other end of the dugout, and they may come to the ballpark since they don't eat together, you know, they're not living in the same house, that type of thing, that, you know, do they actually know each other? Do they speak to each other when they come to the ballpark? And yeah. you also have to be careful you know, are your hitters a separate team from your pitchers? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you make sure that they know each other? Because the pitchers spend a lot of time by, you know, it's with pitchers, and same thing with position players. So yes, I think I think one of the cha- huge challenges here is you know building capital T, capital E, capital A, capital M. It's yeah, a real challenge. The rain days are probably good for that too. <laughs> well, the rain days are good for building everything you know you just sit around so uh, but even no matter now we i think we have three days off between now and august 1st so they'll, they'll continue to bond because they're going to be here every day a lot mm-hmm. so one of the scouts i don't know if it was hyperbole he said you'll have as many as 75 guys through the year is that actually true through this team no it normally would be maybe in the area of 40 to 45 All right. that's our show for today thanks to mervis robinson coach roberts Cody Pasek, Christopher Holcomb today, and we'll move on to host families. Very interesting what Mervis said about his host family moving from Hyannis to Katuit, trading allegiances there. We'll get into the clinics that Holcomb mentioned. That's a big, big part of this team, part of its tradition as well. Speaking of tradition, we'll profile the former owner of the Kettleers as the season goes on too. We're moving into July, the week ahead. Remember all that rain we mentioned? Kettleers using their off day on Monday to get that Hyannis game done. So they'll be at home today at 5 o'clock at Lowell Park. Tuesday as well, they'll have a home game later in the week, July 4th. Get ready for some fireworks. And Kettleers will be at home for that one as well against Falmouth. Road game against Falmouth on Wednesday. The Tuesday games against Bourne, 5 o'clock at Lowell Park. Friday, they head to Hyannis, and then Saturday, Chatham, 5-8 to eight if you're in the Cape for the weekend. Lots and lots of home games this week, four of them. So we'll see you there, and we'll see you next week here on the Cape Cod League podcast. Life in the Cape Cod League podcast, the Cape Life podcast. Always have to say it three different ways, three different times. And pick whichever one you like best. I'm Bobby Manning. See you soon. Thank you.